When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think as trust is built, you can have as many gimmicks or different things you want, but ultimately it comes down to trust with young men. Today's episode from our archives is a discussion with Troy McAllister, head coach at Phillips Academy in Chicago at the time of the recording. In 2015, Coach McAllister helped Phillips Academy become the first Chicago public school to win an Illinois high school football state championship. In 2017, Phillips Academy won its second state championship, finishing with an undefeated 14-0 season. Coach McAllister talked about his experience at Phillips Academy and building a program from nothing. What comes through in this conversation that applies to any program at any level is that to reach the top, the focus must be on the right aspects of the program and in the way which the players are developed. We share winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation after the interview. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. I am joined today by head coach of an Illinois state champion, Phillips Academy High School in Chicago. Coach Troy McAllister took over the program at Phillips Academy High School in 2010 and was faced with challenges immediately. In his first practice, only 12 players attended. In those eight years since, he's led the Wildcats to a 73-22 and record. In 2014, Phillips Academy High School became only the second Chicago public school to ever reach the Illinois High School Football State Championship game. In 2015, they became the first to win it. And this past season, he led the Wildcats to their second state championship in three years by completing an undefeated 14-0 season. Coach, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Congratulations to you on all the success you're having at Phillips Academy. Thanks very much for having me on, Coach. Appreciate all the support. Coach, let's talk a little bit about the beginning of things for you at McAllister. You show up for that first practice. There's 12 guys there. What's running through your mind? I think we, we all want to have a, a scripted practice and, and everything ready to roll. You know, when you, when you get 12 players, it's really difficult to script a practice. Uh, 
get you kind of throw it all out the window and, and just, I don't want to say wing it, but there was a lot of winging it that first year, depending on the numbers that, that appeared at practice. I think you look at our school at Phillips High School in 2000, July of 2010, we deemed the turnaround school of the second worst school in the state of Illinois. Every single employee in the building was, was let go. Principal was hired and he was able to, to kind of handpick his own staff. I, I was lucky enough to be a part of that staff and, and got to build from the ground up. Obviously, we faced many, many obstacles, but kind of the, the rise in our schools kind of corresponded with the rise in our football program. It's been a huge boost for our school, our community, and obviously the, the young men in our program are, are reaping the benefits of it. Coach, obviously you're, you're faced with that challenge right away, and uh, the only way you're going to get that going is to really build a strong culture and, and help those young men in the school understand kind of the purpose of the football program in their lives and what the football program can do for them. What kind of things did you start doing immediately to start to build that? I think the first thing we do is just kind of change the mindset of a kind of a, a loser mentality into a winning mentality. And the one thing we did was said, like, our goal is a state championship. Even from day one, the kids were looking at me all crazy and you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, no, no Chicago Public League teams ever won a state championship. We just want to win a city championship. You know, it was just reinforcing that mindset. Like, hey, no, we're, we're going for a state championship. We want something bigger. And then just building trust. I think as trust is built, you can have as many gimmicks or different things you want, but ultimately it comes down to trust with young men. And the kids knew, hey, we're going to be at practice each and every day as a coaching staff. And I think that trust just built up. And over time, it just developed more and more. And, and you know, obviously winning covers up a lot of different things. And, but the young men just kept coming, and, and we just built it up and built it up. And it's almost like you were in a situation where you were – building a brand new program if you know all the teachers in the school are gone you have new administration you have to build a coaching staff how did you go about putting together that group that you needed to lead these efforts because a head coach can't do it on his own yeah no question i think you need great men around you in the first year we've got one staff member left from that first year i think a lot of people i got the job essentially because nobody wanted it so trying to build a staff around that was difficult you know, went through a few coaches the first couple of years, but since that second year, we've been very stable on our, our coaching staff with good men and, and been able to, to keep that core together so we can keep our program rolling and building up. And that's kind of how we've done it, just getting good quality men. We Three or four teachers in the building on the staff, a couple of firefighters on staff, just great role models for our young men to see great family men. And Coach, as you're, you're looking at what history has showed you, you know, only one team having ever made it to a, a state championship out of the Chicago public schools. No one ever won it. And you come in there saying, we're going to win this all. We're going to go and, and win a state championship. You get to one, you don't win it. Then you finally win one. And now you're, you're on your second one. You know, looking at the Chicago public schools, what have you been able to do differently that's been able to set this group of young men apart? Yeah, I think as, as coaches, we've never accepted no. When people said it couldn't be done, we just kind of had that mindset, well, why can't it? And you start targeting, like, what are the weaknesses in the public league? And right away as a coach, I, I recognized that, that QB play and O-line play was was one of the biggest weaknesses in the, in the public league. So, you know, we've got a great O-line coach, uh, really focused on quarterback play, and we've developed, you know, that part of it, and that's made a big difference. Our resources are, are limited. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. And, you know, our, our coaching stipends are, are very small compared to the rest of, of the state of Illinois. So we have to 
kind of make do with what you got, but there's no excuse for that. And I think too many programs have made excuses or not focused on the right points. You know, each and every year, I was just at the Glacier Clinics in Chicago last week, and we focused on, hey, how do we become more efficient? And I think that's, as a staff, each year what we're doing is just how do we get more quality, less quantity, and that's been a big plus for us. So, Coach, in doing that, you have to be great teachers of the game. You start looking, and you identify those weaknesses. So you start looking at how are you going to build your quarterback play? How are you going to build your offensive line play? What kind of things went into that? What were the principles that you built that on? You know, I think when you look at that in, in the public league, we're going to beg, borrow, steal, whatever you got to do to, to, to get the resources needed. We were lucky to get connected uh, with, with Throw It Deep and Jeff Christensen. So for the first couple of years, we were, you know, had our quarterbacks out there. I just went out to those and, and myself just personally watching the drills, watching the teaching and what he was doing. And then I was able to bring that back into our program and kind of set up the same type of things that he's doing to throw deep. His track record speaks for itself out there. And now we've established that. And we've been blessed. Our last three quarterbacks have all received Division One scholarships. And that's a big deal. And I think it's a testament to what we've done as a coaching staff to improve ourselves and get our young men in those situations. How about those big men up front? What did you do to, to get that group going? We've been been super, super blessed. Mike Berry, the coach O-line at, at USC, Colorado, Tennessee, uh, many different places. Uh, he works, our school's run by the Academy for Urban School Leadership, and he's the, the athletic coordinator for that. So it's huge chipped in to say, you know what, hey, I'll help you guys be your O-line coach. He's awesome. He's, he's an old guy. He's a tough old guy, but he's great with the young men and teaches them the teaching technique and getting them ready to, to play and get better each and every week. And now we, we've, year in, year out, had great offenses. Offenses obviously led by the offensive line up front. Coach, if we were to look at, at Phillips as, a, as the model for building the inner city public school program, what are the three tips, first things you would have coaches focus on to be able to replicate what you did? One thing I look at is, is we set expectations. We don't have rules. I think too many times, you know, there, there's a, a suburban program in the Illinois area that I, I got their team manual from just in terms of asking around and, and was able to get it. And they, they must have had 100 rules to start off the manual. And I thought, man, if I did this, I would not have a single player on our team. And so we've set expectations. And, and I think sometimes it might be word choice, but it's like, hey, we want you to meet the expectations. So being a, a C student is just the expectation. It's kind of like you're just average. So we always want you to exceed that expectation. And, and that's kind of been our mantra, so to speak, is just expectations versus rules. Then the next piece, obviously, you look at accountability. I think too many people overlook things. And, and you have to be willing in today's society with young men and, and how things are, you have to be willing to hold that young man accountable. And for me, what I've recognized is the one thing that this young man always wants to do is play football. So if I can utilize playing time or, you know, game time, like taking a game away on a basis of, hey, you didn't meet grades this week, you're not playing this week. Or we have 8.15 school start and I do an 8 a.m. check-in every day. They're late twice in a week, they sit a half. Three times they're out. You know, doing those things, but holding the young man accountable, not just having it that PC well, it's okay, this happened, and, hey, we're, we're in the inner city of Chicago. The, the young men have struggles each and every day. You can't allow those struggles to be a crutch for them. They have to use that to, hey, you've got to push harder, you've got to do greater things. 
I know you asked for three, but those are kind of the two things I think that have molded us ourselves. And to give you a third, I think we utilize the classroom. Yeah, we don't practice that long. We never practice in full pads. Uh, our average practice is probably about an hour and 40 minutes, but we teach. And each and every day we are in meetings using film, using huddle, like the, just drawing up the diagrams so that our young men are mentally prepared. I think over the course of a season in Illinois, you know, we essentially start the first week of June because uh, we have 25 contact days over the summer. And it's a grind for the coaches, too, and for the players. So if we are out in practice physically beating each other up every day, we won't make it. But if we can mentally have our players ready and rest them physically, they'll be better prepared for the long haul of the season. Coach, I know so much more goes into what you guys are doing in, in, in terms of the relationship with your players you know, being there for them outside of football, you know, you got three or four guys in the school. How, how do the other guys outside of the school stay involved with that part of it year round? Yeah, I think every, when you look at position coaches, they're kind of in charge of their position groups and, and that entails, you know, what's going on at home and what's going on in their lives. So they, they take an active role in, you know, checking in uh, the, the, the coaches outside the building, checking in weekly. It could mean coming up to the school and sitting down with the guys, or it might just be a phone call or, or a text message, just, hey, what's going on? Just to keep, you know, to let the young man know you're thinking about him, you're there, if anything's wrong, just let him know. And I think that big piece of just checking in, you know, it just makes a huge difference because that young man doesn't get lost, doesn't feel like he's not wanted, and he's a part of something special. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. So, Coach, going a little bit into your X's and O's and what you guys are, are teaching, and you emphasize teaching being an important part of it. When you kind of balance out that the the skills and the fundamentals that you're gonna you know go out on the field and teach with the schemes and the concepts 
um, the X's and O's parts, maybe even the strategy behind them. Where do you find that balance and how much you're able to work on those things each day in practice? And then obviously, you know, you mentioned, you know, not, not having the, you know, full gear on all the time. So doing it in a setting where there's limited contact. The other day, we, we let our young men know, like, hey, when the game starts, you've got to go out there and play hard. There's no space in football for someone to, to play timid, to play soft. You have to be aggressive. You have to be physical. So I think in practice, you know, it's not that we're not physical, but it's controlled physical. So we're, we're going to prevent the big hit in practice, but we let them know. And they have to understand, in the game, you have to make that play. And so the, the, the players appreciate it because they know, hey, coach is going to get us prepared we'll be physically, we won't have the same amount of bumps and bruises, but in the game, we, we have to take care of it. And I think scheme-wise, I just look at defensively what we do. We get after it. Uh, we're going to play cover zero. We're going to come for you. So we, we teach, it's all man coverage. So we, we're not worried about zone coverage because our defensive coordinator will say, like, I'm terrible at teaching zone coverage, but I'm great at teaching man. And, and he's great with the DBs. And for tackling-wise, you know, space is your enemy. So we do a lot of drills emphasized on taking away space uh, when we do tackling. And that just helps our young men, you know, to have that opportunity. And with always coming after the ball, there's very few times where the running back gets that open field area to kind of stop him before he gets to the open field to help us get better. Uh, if we were to play a traditional front, uh, we would be a terrible team. Uh, we, we, we can't play linebackers, traditional 4-3 with linebackers off the ball. We're just not good at it. And we're not great coaches with that. But what we do, we, we're very good at what we do and what we teach. And then offensively, you know, we're just trying to put our young men in space to make plays. You know, we're going to run. We want to run it. You know, we're going to run inside zone. We're going to run RPOs off it to take advantage of what the defense does. And we're just trying to get our young men the ball in space. Coach, I love that idea of really building around your staff, coaching staff, your coaches' strengths, letting them coach what they know well. I think it's such an important part of this. I think too many times we get enthralled with, you know, some of those ideas and things we see working for other teams, and and we think we can go out and implement it because we understand how the maybe the X's and O's and the diagram looks and where people are supposed to be as far as assignment. But then you miss on all the techniques that have to go behind it. Would you agree that uh, a, a lot of coaches maybe make that mistake? Oh, well, for sure. I, I think I look back, back over the past probably decade of. Of the three-three and the four-two-five, I mean, which are great defenses, and they, they really present a lot of opportunities for the for the defensive team to be aggressive. But I think coaches just kind of jumped into that because they thought it was the the fad thing to do, not understanding the technique that goes into. Hey, if you're going to potentially switch from three-three to four-two, well, or you go from two gap to one gap, and that's hard to teach a young man both of those things at the same time uh, on the defensive front. And I just think too many times we we don't focus on what we're good at. And as a coach, what do I know? And obviously we're always trying to improve as coaches, uh, but emphasizing, Hey, this is what we're good at. This is what we know. This is what we're going to teach. So our young men can be put in the best position possible to succeed. I think what's interesting when you, when you look around the country, you look within your own state is uh, it's not necessarily a scheme that's winning a team, a state championship. For example, you might have, you know, in a single state, a state champion who ran the wing tee, a state champion who ran the triple option, a state champion who ran spread, and maybe somebody who was even in like an old school I formation. You see those things happen everywhere. I, and I think it, it, it goes back to what you just said. Like there is not necessarily a magic 
scheme that's that's going to save a program or or help them excel. Certainly, it helps to build around your player talents. What's the answer for coaches who think that scrapping their system, starting over, going to find something else is is going to help them win? I remember reading an article this past fall, actually, from the, the Clemson D coordinator talking about offensive coordinators that have, you know, a thousand players on their sheet and how great it is. And he sees it. He said, but the, the team or the coordinator he respects most is at Georgia Tech. He goes, when they find a weakness, they target and they keep going at it. They run stuff until you stop it. And I think too many times coaches get into, and I myself have been a, a, done that personally. You get in trying to do too much or think instead of just focusing, hey, this works and they can't stop, stop it. You know, why don't I just keep doing this until they do stop it? And it's, it's not complicated when you break it down like that. Hey, they, they have trouble. You know, when we run counter, they're a man short. Let's keep running counter until they put a man there. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we overthink it and we try to get, you know, cute as, as the play caller. And I, I've, I've been guilty of myself, but, you know, I've certainly realized and I, I can recall several games where we, we had drives where we just ran the same thing right down the field because they couldn't stop it. And uh, I think that's a very relevant point, man. You have to make them adjust first before you go to something else. Yeah, no question. I think if you look at our, our state championship game this year, I think we had a 60-yard drive and three plays, and it was the same three plays run three times in a row. No huddle, just because, hey, they're lined up wrong. Let's just keep running it. And they didn't have time to make an adjustment, and it was a three-play drive for a touchdown. I mean, that those are the things. When, when you can generate points like that, that's big. it's a big deal, especially in big games. If you can get a, a – I don't want to call it an easy score, but when you can get a score like that in a game, it makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Coach – you know, as you, you take a look back at this past season, your second state championship, you know, what are some key takeaways for you as a coach? What did you learn? Either something that maybe you have to change moving forward or, or something that uh, was a, a revelation for you and that, hey, we need to continue to do this and build on it. Yeah, I think when you look at uh, when we won in 2015, we, I felt it was a star-powered team with some great, great players on both sides of the ball who really could just take over at any time this year, we, we had to kind of earn everything we had. So as a coach, it just felt much more rewarding because it just was a grind each and every game. And then just, it's the mental side of it. You know, we had two games this year where I felt we didn't mentally prepare properly and the scores resulted in that, you know, it was a game that shouldn't have been games. And that's just our piece now is like, Hey, making sure we're mentally focused each and every week. Uh, there is, you know, it, when you're pushing for a state championship and trying to climb up the national rankings, you can't have a game off and slip up. Um, you, you have to keep pushing forward. So as we proceed in the next season, that's our, our kind of deal here. Is how can we make sure that each and every week we're mentally focused and prepared? Coach, being in Illinois, obviously right now you guys are facing some challenges to the game. Legislators have put things on the table right now that are calling for a ban in youth football, what are your thoughts on, first of all, lawmakers making that decision for us and and also concerns with just how is that going to affect, uh, you know, especially the young men in your community? Yeah, I think for, for lawmakers to step in and put a ban on it is, is troublesome. Just because if a parent wants their, their son or daughter to, to play a sport, that's, that's their prerogative. Um, they, they don't need somebody to tell them that they can or can't do that. They want to play football. They'll play football. I think it's difficult to have you know a lawmaker come in and say, "Hey, 
you know, you're, you, we're not going to let you do this. And, and it's a disadvantage. And I'm not just talking with, with college or college. It's just, I feel in life, you know, football's the, one of the few games where you get knocked back down, but you've got to keep back up. That's, that's a life lesson in its own. And I think as the, the numbers across the state are, are, are dropping slightly, you know, I, I just think that it's a game. And, and what we're doing in, at Phillips in Chicago, like our numbers aren't increasing. We're up over 100 players in our program now. And it's a game that they love to play. And I think if you can get the proper training for coaches, which, which USA Football does a great job of doing and, and making sure people are certified, it's okay if they want to put restrictions on coaches. Like, hey, you can't do this until this training. And, and I think that does make a difference. And if you came to our practice, I think you'd be impressed with how we're dealing with the amount of, of hits that our young men are doing in a week. And, you know, even in Illinois, we have limits on the amount of full contact we can do. And, and I'm on the Coaches Association with the state where we're sitting down with doctors each year trying to figure out what's, what our best practices and implementing them in practice. Uh, and that makes a big difference. And I think that, to me, is the better part to do if legislators want to get involved. Well, legislate the amount of contact. Uh, legislate how you practice. Let it, legislate certification or training for coaches so that the, the young men and the young women that play the sport are put in the best possible chance for success. Absolutely. And, and I think the, the coaching part of it is, is, is critical. You know, we talked about that idea of, of, of needing guys who can teach this. Just don't go out and tell them. You have to be able to show them. You have to be able to demonstrate. You know, that takes some skill. That takes training. You have guys who have, have spent their careers getting better at it. And, and God bless all those people who want to step in, you know, off the street and had a little experience playing the game and, and help out. We certainly need their time, but we also need them to realize that this does require some training. We're going to need a little bit more out of you. We need you to go get certified. We need you to understand uh, the safest ways to tackle, the safest way to block, safest way to defeat blocks, etc. We want to, you know, keep our players safe. It's, it goes beyond just understanding what a concussion is. It's now, you know, that part of understanding how to coach the game is going to be critical, I think, as we move forward. No question. I think how we coach, what we do, it can be controlled. And, and I think the harder part comes, well, hey, if you get all these coaches certified, who to say what they're doing in practice? But I think that's every sport has that piece where, hey, you have to trust that, that a coach is going to do what he's been trained to do and, and supposed to do. And that's up to each and, each and every individual school whether it be the athletic directors or administration, to come out and monitor, you know, evaluate the coaches like you would a teacher. Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? It, it makes them turn in. I'm big on we should have to turn in practice plans to our athletic director to make sure that they can come out and, hey, this is what's happening when it's happening. Uh, and if that open dialogue exists, it's not meant to be punitive in nature. It's meant to make people better. Right. And I think that's where we have to get to. Coach, as, as you look at all the things you do in your program, you know, I'll pose this question to you. You had to pick one thing that gives you guys the winning edge. What is it that you guys do? I just think for us, what gives us the winning edge is just our players are hungry. And it's not to say that other teams aren't hungry, but I think other teams that we face, their young men don't face the struggle that our young men do. And I think when it comes down to it, I can, I can look a young man in the eyes and kind of call him out to say, so you're telling me, you know, you do this, this, and this, but on the football field, you can't do this. And they that look in their eyes when they realize, like, hey, it's a game. I can do this. I can do anything you need me to do, Coach, because my life is, is more of a struggle. 
that approach, I think, is what makes our young men hungry, which makes them state champions, and which is going to make them successful men in the world. Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck to you guys in 2018, and we'd love to talk with you again on the podcast. For sure. I'd, I'd love to, and, and I really appreciate you having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, have expectations, not rules. Coach McAllister brought up the example of the player's manual he looked at that had a hundred rules. People in general don't want rules. They don't want to feel controlled, but they do want to be able to accomplish something and go beyond the expectations. A focus on expectations allowed Coach McAllister and his staff to establish a baseline and push beyond it. Two, identify weaknesses, then research how to fix them and spend the time learning exactly how to. The Phillips staff identified QB play and offensive line play as a major weakness. They went out and learned how to fix those issues and brought back the plan and implemented it within their program. Finding the answers on the internet is only the first step. You have to dig deeper and talk to people who have those answers. Talk to the people who have done it. That will get you the additional details that will help you solve issues that will come up as you implement a concept, scheme, or technique. Three, focus on efficiency. How do you and your staff get more quality and less quantity? This is a process of continuous improvement built upon fine-tuning every aspect of your program by having less that you do, but being deeper into the details of it. As Coach pointed out, there's no magic scheme that will help you win a title, but narrowing the focus will allow you to go deeper, and that will make the difference. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes and resources. In addition, we have articles with our Winning Edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.